This whole Britney Spears, Jamie Lynn Spears, Matthew Rosengard, Jamie Spears, Mother Spears, Father Spears, fans of Spears, the Spears around the world, of which I include myself, this whole thing is getting really, really messy. I mean, I was all for the hashtag free Britney movement. Of course, I wanted my girl free, uh, you know, mother of dragons, mother of pop culture, released from her shackles of the family um, conservatorship. <laughs> And when she was released, everybody was so happy. Well, not everybody, clearly, but I was one of the millions rooting for her freedom, and she got it, which is great, uh, much in part to her determination and her wonderful man, Sam, and just Judge Brenda Penny really seeing everything for what it was. But now things are really getting messy between her and her sister and social media and Instagram and notes app on the iPhone. It's just all getting a little overwhelming, if you know what I mean. So obviously we're going to discuss all that, but before we get into all that, I wanted to say good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. It is I, Andrew DeVitri, your loyal mistress of pop culture podcast, here to deliver you some really good stories. Some really, really good stories today. Um, from Britney Spears to Jamie Lynn Spears to Wendy Williams, and of course the really devastating tragic news that is, of course, the passing of fashion icon, Queen Andre Leon Pally, who I'm a big fan of, and I'm going to share all that, um, you know, save, save saving that story for last because I actually um, have the most thoughts about that and um, you know we lost a great but before I get into all that that I want to say I was just you know scrolling along on TikTok and I saw a video released via Bravo of Marlo Hampton receiving the call of her getting her peach after a long-awaited many many seasons on Housewives and the first I commented this individual's video and I said um, it's literally Marlo Hampton, who is from Housewives of Atlanta, pulling into her garage in her fabulous Rolls Royce and getting the news from the producers and whatnot that she was officially getting her peach. Marlo should have gotten her peach after the season that she went on the South Africa trip with the girls with Nini. She deserved her peach then and there. Why it took this long? I don't know. And I think many fans are speculating, okay, maybe it was Marlo's decision not to become a full-time housewife because, as we all know, she's an auntie, a monty to her, um, to nephews. And, you know, she documents that journey via social media, mostly on Instagram. And I love it. And, you know, she's a really great maternal woman. And Marlo's just, in my opinion, she's on par with Nini in terms of how entertaining and funny. And, you know, I'll never forget. She's just one of the most, some of the most iconic moments on Houses of Atlanta. Specifically the moment with Sheree in South Africa. I don't know. Blah, 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 you know, the whole thing. If you know, you know. True fans of Bravo and Housewives know. The OG fans know. So anyways, that just, that just sort of crossed my mind, but I am going to be tuning in this season because Chateau Sheree is going to be on it. Sheree Whitfield, our queen, our joggers girl is going to be back. Candy's going to be back. Kenya's going to be back. Sheree's going to be back, and along with some new additions too, which I'm you know, really looking forward to. So that's some of that. Um, and aside from that, still in Florida, enjoying Florida. It was a bit chilly yesterday, but today's really warm and beautiful, and I'm really excited about that. Um, did a little road trip around Florida with my mom, uh, you know, to get some stuff done, and... Um, yeah, I'm just pretty much relaxing, working, of course. And uh, tomorrow's Thursday, which means I'm just like that and just like that. Episode 8 is coming up, which I'm really excited about, so I'm obviously going to talk about that on uh, Friday's episode. So, yeah, I'm... Uh, and then, of course, Euphoria, episode 3, is going to be on Sunday, which I really can't wait about, which I'll recap on Monday. So there's a lot of good TV and a lot of great things to talk about. But without further ado, let's get into our stories, because there's a lot of pop culture stories to cover before the freaking weekend, baby. So... Our first story, our first two stories actually come from TMZ. The first being Britney Spears, my dad and lawyers took more than $36 million during conservatorship. Okay, we all know the details of, you know, Britney's father, Jamie Spears, you know, profiting or benefiting financially, of course, from Britney's conservatorship, which many people obviously were like, this is super shady, this shouldn't be happening. 
but I guess more details are emerging with regards to that, thanks, much in part thanks to her lawyer. Britney Spears has already taken off the gloves when it comes to her dad, but she's now ready to far, but she's now ready for war, excuse me, as Wednesday's hearing approaches because Wednesday isn't today, uh, because she's saying Jamie Spears lined up his pockets with millions of dollars she earned and claims it was all blatant self-interest, and that's just a small fraction of what Britney paid members of the, the conservatorship. Britney's lawyer, and also, like, just master of just setting her free, helping in setting her free, Matthew Rosengart, has filed legal docs claiming Jamie, quote, engaged in self-dealing financial and business management, mismanagement, of course, excuse me, um, engaged in abusive and bullying conduct toward his daughter, deprived his daughter of fundamental silver, civil liberties. And that's just for starters. He claims... Uh, Jamie got $6 million over the 13-plus years of the conservatorship, and the legal docs go on to claim Jamie had engaged in, quote, chronic alcohol abuse, impairing his ability to serve faithfully. And there's this. Rosengart claims some of the $6 million was used by Jamie to pitch a show called, quote, Cookin', Cruisin', and Chaos. Rolls eyes emoji. Um, the docs also claim to sell the show. Jamie converted to converted one of the tour buses into a food truck. Rosengart says in addition to Jamie's $6 million, Millions and millions were spent on lawyers to keep the conservatorship going. Rosengart says the legal fees amounted to more than 30 million buckaroos. So with that, Jamie made... Uh, so with that, Jamie made... That would bring the total to more than 36 million. Jamie has said all the money he made during the conservatorship was court approved. The hearing is a petition by Jamie for more attorney's fees. Rosengart filed... The Rosengart's filing is in opposition to that. The hearing is set for 130 today. Um... And of course, I'll keep you updated whenever the results are. But I'm, you know, very much interested in knowing what the judge is gonna, you know, uh, bang his or her gavel to with regards to this news. I don't know if it's gonna be Judge Brenda Penny or if they're getting a different judge or what. But it's a lot of coin, and you know, it's Britney's hard-earned money, so she should not have had it spent on things that she didn't have approval over, which is crazy. And it, like, who? Why should the courts, you know, uh, be able to make the decision of what Miss Britney Spears earned over her lifetime? You know, that's just ridiculous and absurd. And I think that her dad should have to pay all of it, every cent back, not only every cent back, but double, in my opinion, to punish him. Ah, uh, you know. But yeah, I mean, never-ending saga. But speaking of the never-ending saga with the Spears family and people that are just coming after my queen, Miss Britney Spears, who needs to be left alone and in peace and live her best life. More drama with Jamie Spears. This also comes from... Jamie Lynn Spears, excuse me. This comes from TMZ also. Well, forget reconciliation. Britney Spears has threatened to sue her sister, Jamie Lynn, if she dares lie about her while hawking her book. Britney's lawyer, Matt Rosengart, fired off a cease and desist letter obtained by TMZ to Jamie Lynn Monday. Rosengart was blunt, demanding, quote, you cease and desist from referencing Britney derogatorily during your promotional campaign. If you fail to do so or defame her, Britney will be forced to consider and take all appropriate legal action. Oh, that's not good. The letter first obtained by page six is biting. Quote, Rosengart writes, Rosengart writes, We write with hesitation because the last thing Brittany wants is to bring more attention to your ill-timed book and his misleading or outrageous claims about her. Rosengart also says, quote, Brittany has not read and does not intend to read your book. She and millions of her fans were shocked to see how you have exploited her for her monetary gains. She will not tolerate it, nor should she. And then he dumbs hard on Jamie Spears, quote, You of all people know the abuse and wrongdoing Britney had to endure during the conservatorship after initially growing up with a, quote, ruinous alcoholic father. He points out Jamie echoed the same sentiment in her book. And then goes after Jamie Lynn, quote, Britney was the family's breadwinner and she also otherwise supported you. Publicly airing false or fantastical grievances is wrong, especially when... Designed to sell books, it is also potentially unlawful and defamatory. Message received. Okay, I have many thoughts about this. Oh, and then the update is this. Um, sources close to Jamie Lynn tell TMZ she has not yet received a letter. Okay, I have many thoughts about this. First and foremost, having been 
silenced for so long, any individual, you come out of a situation and you have so much to say and you want to defend yourself and you want to defend your turf and you want to really all your oppressors or suppressors, people who, you know, basically muzzled you, you want to come out from and be like, no, you are not, you are not speaking for me. I'm speaking for me. And of course, you know, this poses the question of why is there, I mean, it's, it's very precarious timing. The fact that, um, Jamie Lynn's book is coming out now, having been released for conservatorship. Um, like, why didn't the book come out earlier? Or, you know, whatever. There's lots of, you know, questions and unanswered whatever. <sighs> I don't think this is about a financial gain. Personally, as an onlooker of the situation, I think it, it's possible Jamie Lynn wants to be in the good graces of her sister and she maybe... She and the book company maybe didn't un maybe foresee the backlash that potentially would come up and that her sister and her would, you know, be sharing words very publicly on social media. But I I just think and I love Brittany and I don't know Jamie Lynn aside from her work on Zoe 101. And I was a huge fan of Zoe 101, so I have nothing against her and I don't think that I just don't think ill of her. I think this is a very public thing that should be kept very private. I think they should sit together in a room. I think Brittany should definitely sit down with someone very calm and smart and uh, someone that knows how to conduct an interview very well and someone that isn't there to exploit her, i.e. Oprah Winfrey or Gail King or Ellen even. Um, and I think this needs to be dealt with privately, but also Brittany should speak about how she's really feeling because it will help maybe the world understand why she is just... Oprah would be the perfect facilitator to let the world know this is why Britney should be able to speak her mind and probably why she has so much pent up anger towards certain individuals because of you know being in conservatorship for so long so it's just really really it's tough it's sad it's 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 difficult to see and nobody wants to see a family you know spewing words like this especially one of the most famous families in you know the world Britney Spears is arguably one of the most famous pop stars in the world and you know therefore her family is very famous um and of course it's very public what's going on right now so I, I can only imagine I think Britney's lawyer is very a great asset to her, but also things like this should be kept between the family. And I think him threatening her sister is really not good, but lawyers are, you know, that's pretty, I'm, I'm just going to end it there, but I hope everything is resolved well. And, um, I just hope Britney is happy. That's all, you know, we want for our queen. So Yeah. Anyways, this brings us to our third story, a little bit of a Pete and Kanye story from page six, and actually something that makes me smile, and something that I actually really love to read. Pete Davidson finds Kanye West lyrical threats, quote, hilarious. You know, I love to see that, because it's, that's probably gonna, that, there's nothing gets under someone's skin than if you're insulting them and they're just laughing about it. And I'm sure Kanye is the type of person where this would get under his skin. Just, you know, reading about him publicly and understanding sort of, you know, through seeing videos and social media posts, but... I don't know. We don't know if this is actually true. But anyways, Kim Kardashian's new boyfriend, Pete Davidson, isn't exactly trembling under his bed after Kanye West said in a song that he wants to, quote, beat his ass. In a track released last week by West and The Game, Kardashian's estranged husband raps, quote, God save me from that crash just so I can beat Pete Davidson's ass. He presumably uh, referring to the 2002 car accident that left him with a broken jaw. Um, Pete thinks... Oh, but the, Staten, but the Staten Island native isn't worried. Quote, Pete thinks it's totally hilarious, said the insider. Not just that. He thinks the whole tabloid drama with him, West, and Kardashian is hilarious. He loves it. The source said that Davidson, who has become gossip fodder because of his string of relationship with high-profile women, including Ariana Grande, Cassie David, and Kaya Gerber, 
is used to press attention, but that being with Kardashian puts him on another level of scrutiny. Quote, it's funny to him that pre- the press wants to know his every move all of a sudden, said the source. Um, West Song also had an unexpected upside for the new couple. Quote, the whole craziness with Kanye last week has brought Kim and Pete closer. Another source tells page six, which I'm sure is what not what Kanye was like vouching for, but things backfire. Um, last week, West also took aim at the comedian in an interview with the Hollywood Unlock CEO, with Hollywood Unlock CEO Jason Lee, in which he claimed that Kardashian prevented him from seeing, entering her strain, her home uh, with her kids because Davidson was over. Um, however, a source close to Kardashian told Page Six, quote, Pete has yet to be introduced to Kim's kids, and it's widely known that whenever he visits her in LA, he says at a hotel in Beverly Hills where she's been spotted with him, i.e. the Beverly Hills Hotel, where, you know, some fans have taken photos of him, which is really cool. Wes also posted a video on social media claiming he was being kept from daughter Chicago's birthday, which I obviously recapped yesterday, blah, 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 blah. Kanye is, you know, just on one. Um, not in a bad way, but, you know, obviously it's probably Ediana, but he has this girlfriend, Julia, Julia Fox, Julia Styles, not Julia Styles, Julia Fox or Julia something. Um... Julia, Julia, <laughs> Julia, and Julia. I never saw them with Meryl Streep without Amy Adams, but I gotta see it because I love Meryl Streep and I love Julia Child. And also, they reference Ina Garten, who everybody loves a bear fucking Contessa. Anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, I do wonder what Kanye thinks about all this. I'm sure it really bothers him that Kim is moving on because he's been fighting very publicly to win her back, but growing and interested from what it seems like. And she shouldn't. She's a queen. You know, she's a beauty with Davidson. He's really cool and she's having fun. And if Kim's done, period, done, move on. Bye. You know, Kanye did and said some unforgivable things. Um, Things which I would never forgive some before, even if he has billions of dollars and is, quote, self, is, is the self-proclaimed, quote, richest black man in America. <laughs> Real lies. Um, isn't it funny that the richest man, uh, the richest black man, will self-proclaim richest black man, um, can't even win back his wife? Just my thought. Anyways, uh, any updates with that? I'll obviously deliver because that is my job as a mistress of pop culture. This brings us to our fourth story of the day. And this is actually really sad because I have been saying for quite some time how much I miss Wendy Williams. I know many of her fans miss her. We miss her How You Doing Queen, our Hot Topics Queen, Queen of the Purple Chair. But anyways, Page Six is reporting a lot of truth to Wendy Williams' show leaks about her health. Wendy Williams' sources say there is some truth to the claims that have surrounded the popular show's health. Hold on one sec. I'm going to send a text because my friend might call me. And, uh, I don't want to mess up my thing. Hold on. Hold on. Um, uh, okay. Sorry, I had to send a text. Because sometimes my friends call me when I'm working. I'm like, you guys, I'm working. And then I put my phone on the little moon thing, silent. But then, like, their calls still, help, like, somehow get through. I don't understand, like, how phones work. I've been like, hello, hello. Like, how is there someone on the other end of this call? Like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Anyways, back to the article. Wendy Williams starts to say there is some truth to all the claims that have surrounded the popular show's house health. Quote, The truth is, a lot of the stories that you are hearing about Wendy are true, and they are coming straight from the staff. Source told page six. Several dates for the 57-year-old Williams' return to her purple chair have been announced by production company Deb Mar Mercury, but her absence continues due to several um, health issues. The flamboyant media personality has been seen wearing a Versace bathrobe and socks, leaving a doctor's appointment. The source alleged, quote, it's one thing to see what we have seen in the studio, but it's another thing when this, when certain staff members make it to her home, when the cameras and mics are off, the liquor comes out. However, a rep for Williams insists the stories about her health are, quote, inaccurate and dismissed rumors that she would never return to her show as, quote, speculation. According to sources that have spoken to the sun, the spark is gone. That Wendy, who for 10 years had that spark in her eyes, that cheeky grin and little wink, is not the same now. She's not always functioning like she used to be. She has days where she needs help eating, getting out of bed, and getting dressed. The Sun also adds that Williams is having problems recognizing people that she has previously or closely worked with and that there are days she has, quote, no idea who they are, which is really, really sad if, in fact, it is allegedly true. 
Um, the first source also claimed, quote, the remaining staff speak amongst themselves, but a lot of the stories going around have to do, have some truth to them. A lot of the staff have already left. The ones who remain do not feel that they still have loyalty to Wendy. Quote, for what? She's not getting better and she's not coming back, so it's whatever. They wish her the best, but these are tough times and people need to get their paychecks. Stars including Leah Remini, Michael Rappaport, Michael Passage, and viewer favorite Sherry Shepard have been filling in for Wendy. Announcements giving updates on Williams have been posted on the show's website. However, a second source close to Williams family also stated, quote, fans shouldn't expect a video address from the host, at least for now. Her rep, uh, Howard Bragman, told Page Six, quote, the health issues aren't accurate and any speculation about her not returning to the show is just speculation. Well, that's just him, you know, being a PR person and saving face. I don't know what's going on with Wendy. I don't, I'm not going to even attempt to make up any story or scenario in my head because unless it comes from the horse's mouth, you know, the expression, um, you can't believe it. So I'm going to believe Wendy when she comes out, if in fact she ever comes out. And you know what, if Wendy does ever come back to her purple chair, you know what, she had 10 incredible years plus a very successful radio career. Let her live in peace. Let her do her thing. If she doesn't want to work, she doesn't want to work. She's probably amassed millions and millions of dollars. She's a happy son, little Kev, and I don't know what her other husband's doing, but I know he has a new child and a wife, so I just, I love Wendy, and I'm a huge fan, and if, you know, if she's done with the show, which I'm really hoping she isn't, there are so many great iconic moments to watch on YouTube that will live forever, so yeah, I love you, Wendy Williams, and I, you know, wish nothing but the best for her, truly, because she was a huge inspiration for me starting my podcast, because when I started watching her show, I was like, she's so funny, she loves to chit and chat, she has so much to say, and so many opinions, and I was like, I do too, and they're my opinions, so it's like, it's my show, so... I can do it, Wendy. But I would love to see Sherry Shepard host her show again. I would love to see, like, uh, you know, maybe Bethany step in one time. Because Bethany was a great talk show host, too. I would love to see Chris Jenner step in, Kim K step in, Chloe K step in, Kylie Jenner. Yeah, all of them. So many people could, you know, step in. So, yeah. Wishing Wendy the best. And this brings us to our fifth and final story of the day. The really, really, really sad news that broke Tuesday from TMZ. And that is, of course, Vogue's Andre Leon Talley has passed away at age 73, 73 years young. Fashion icon Andre Leon Talley has died at 73, TMZ has learned. A source with direct knowledge tells us, us as in TMZ, Vogue's former creative director, director and one-time editor-at-large passed away Tuesday at a hospital in White Plains, New York. It's currently unclear exactly what he was battling in the hospital. Talley was instrumental to Vogue's vision and direction in the 80s and 90s when he worked his way up the magazine ranks to eventually become the news director, which he held from 83 to 87 and then ascended to Vogue's creative director in 88. He held that post for a good seven years or so, and before long, he was heading up of all of Vogue as EAL, editor-at-large, with a slight break in between until 2013 when he left the company. Even after his official departure, however, he continued to contribute to Vogue in varying capacities, including podcast appearances. He also hosted something when the Met Gala red carpet, which was iconic. Um, Andre Leon Talley will perhaps be best remembered as a trailblazer in the fashion world, not just for his stylish flair, but his push to include more people of color on the runway, specifically black models. His work and career speak for themselves, and so has his consulting work elsewhere, including being a stylist for the Obamas at one point during Barack's presidency, and even serving as a judge on America's Next Top Model, among many other notable achievements, like his Sex and the City cameo and frequent Wendy Williams chats. He was on he was in the first Sex and the City movie when Carrie was doing her Vogue shoot to the uh, Sierra Click Flash song. Click, 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 flash. Iconic moment. And of course, Andre Leon Talley will be there because he's an iconic queen. He has worked alongside by Anna Wintour, Vogue's editor-in-chief, for decades and is considered one of the first mainstream African-American tastemakers in the U.S. Andre was also an LGBT icon, although he never specifically said he was gay, but more fluid than anything in his sexuality. The last time TMZ got him was out in 2017 when he was dishing about Rihanna, fashion, and Trump. 
It was a peak Andre moment with his big personality on full display in front of the cameras. He was 73. Rest in peace. Well, first and foremost, I want to offer my condolences to Andre's family, friends, colleagues, everybody who knew him personally. It's very, very sad news. He was an icon. I love seeing him on the red carpet. And more than ever, I loved him in the September issue, which was a documentary, I think, in in the early 2000s following Anna and Vogue in the September issue. And um, that particular issue had Sienna Miller on the cover, and it was an incredible documentary. I highly suggest watching it. It might be on YouTube. You might have to... I think it might be free with ads, but it's great. You follow Anna. Andre's in it, and you just see his whole, like, aesthetic. And he, oh, he, he wears a Piaget watch. He always carried around this gorgeous Louis Vuitton luggage and scarves and really always dressed up because it was who he was, and it was what he appreciated and what, what made him feel like his most authentic self. I mean, I myself can totally relate. I love Louis Vuitton. You know, my, one of my most cherished items, my material items, is my Louis Vuitton duffel bag. I love it, I love it, I love it. And you know what? It's okay to love things like that because if you find something that makes you feel like yourself and, you know, fabulous and glamorous and iconic like he was, you know, you got to embrace it and you got to really, you know, live your most authentic life. And that's what he did. And he was so successful too. And he was a trailblazer. So he, he's an icon. He's up there with the icon. So it's very, very sad. A big loss for the fashion world and a big loss for fans of Vogue like myself. So... Very, very sad, um, and a life really well lived. And he deserved all the success he had, so, yeah. Rest in peace, Andre. Rest in peace, my friend. So, everybody, that is our Wednesday episode. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. I'm Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture. You can stream my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox Radio, iTunes, Podcast App of the iPhone, basically anywhere podcast stream. Um, I'm very appreciative of you listening and tuning in. Have a fabulous Wednesday hump day. Uh, enjoy yourself, girlfriend. Buy a little Vuitton. Buy a little Chanel. Buy a little Hermes. You know, in, in, in honor of Andre Leon Talley. Let's go out and buy something glamorous, darling. And be your most fabulous self. All right, everybody. Chat soon. Bye.